Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a special presentation of Footy Prime, the podcast with Craig Forrest, James Sharman, and fresh off the virtual press junket, Brendan Dunlop. Today... We welcome MLS legend, proud Scarberian and Monnem, and best-selling author to be Dwayne De Rosario. For producer Dan Wong and myself, Jeff Cole, let's get this party started. Hello there, football fans. Welcome to Footy Prime, the podcast. And yes, a special edition podcast, one that we're looking forward to, we were proud of, you know, because the kid Dunlop did good. You know, he's always you know promised us great things and he's always failed to deliver on those great things until the last few weeks, months, dare I say, years. Yes, Brendan Dunlop, our very own Brendan Dunlop, as Joined teams about five years ago now, I believe, with, uh, as, as JC mentioned there, the legend himself, Dwayne De Rosario. And coming out this week, available everywhere, it is Dero My Life. Yes, the biography of Dwayne De Rosario, written with Brendan Dunlop. So welcome aboard, boys. Dero joins us live from Miami, you lucky bastard. Live from Miami, Dero. Congratulations, mate. And welcome to Footy Prime for the first time. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, man. And let me tell you something. That's an amazing introduction, Jeff. I thought that was a recording, but I didn't know you actually did that live. Hey, you know what? It's easy, it's, it's easy to be great when you're surrounded by greatness, and that's everyone included. I'm done kissing ass for the day. That was yeah. horrible. Horrible. We set the bar, that's for sure. So, so Dero, you're in Miami. I'm assuming that means you can have an actual real live launch party, right? <laughs> Yeah, I could definitely have it. Um, as you know, Miami's opened up and, you know, everyone's all about the place, roaming freely. So it's nice It's nice to be in that environment. You know, I love people. I love being amongst people. So for me, it's it's a breath of fresh air. I just got down here uh, last week. So I'm definitely enjoying it. Not to rub it in, but I'm enjoying it. Well, I was going to say, poor old Brendan, right? You know, who put his life into this book and now he's stuck in Toronto by himself because his missus is in Vancouver. So he's stuck by himself when this, the greatest moment in Brendan's professional career 
aside from a course working beside me for years, the greatest moment, and he's stuck by himself in East York in his house, watching Dero have a party in Miami. <laughs> Still, I'm sure one of these days uh, we'll get together and celebrate this book. But uh, congratulations, Dwayne. I mean, this is fantastic. Um, let me ask you, when you first held the book, the hard copy, in your hand, it felt, that's my life in my hand. I mean, how did it make you feel? Oh, man, uh, lot, lots of emotions, to be honest, man. It's, it's first and foremost, just... Um, thankful and and i'm like finally it's it's this has come around as you mentioned you know five years in the making we started in 2016 and you know just telling my journey and my life story it's not the easiest being um vulnerable and you know i've always been a private person as you know a lot of us athletes are um and, and stacks could attest to that it's it's hard to really open up and 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 tell your story authentically you know and i didn't want to hold anything back i was you know, I shared some things that a lot of people didn't know about me and about my journey. And, you know, it's uh, a lot of kids are going through those same experiences as we speak. I was going to say, uh, Dwayne, you know, when you're going through your whole story like that, you know, how how difficult is that emotionally? Because obviously you're trying to dig deep into stuff that you you probably don't always want to talk about. So it's almost therapeutic in some ways, but also bringing up things that maybe you don't want to bring up. Yeah. It put me in a, a vulnerable state for sure. Um, actually, it, as you mentioned, it was therapeutic, you know, talking about a lot of these things, as, as Brandon could tell you, we had to cut a lot of the conversation, pick it up another day, you know, revisit the conversation when I was ready. Um, you know, because you, you hold on to, to so much things and we use sport to channel a lot of those emotions, that channel a lot of that stuff we go through. And you, and you think that you've, you've, you've managed it or, or you think you've handled it, but you know, you realize when you tell the story, it's like, damn, man, I'm still, I still feel like it was, feel like it was yesterday. So it was very therapeutic. It was very refreshing at the same time. Um, but I was also very mindful of, of, you know, how is the, how are the people going to perceive this? How are the people going to see me? But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, it was my journey and it's my story. And I have, uh, you know, no regrets. Maybe some things I probably, you know, will look back and say, man, I was, I was a real knucklehead. But, um, you know, that's who made me who, who, who I was, you know, on the field. I think I represented that as well when I played. I was, you know, I was risky. I took risk. I, I you know, I was, I was an aggressive player and, 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 you know, I, I took chances uh, as I did as I did in life as well. Sure, you took your chances, guys. Uh, before you guys jump in, is you know when Frankie Yallop took you um, to San Jose, um, that was a risk really on his part. Even though he knew who you were, you knew what you brought. You were a steal for him, and you and you were really one of the final pieces that he needed to for that team to be successful. And you came for virtually nothing at that time. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, as you know, we we played, um, you know, a few times with the national team. Um, I was actually his roommate when we had the the Caribbean Cup in in the in uh, Varsity Stadium back in the days. He was actually my roommate. I opened the door and I seen Frank Rayalpa as my roommate. I was like, oh my god, uh, you know, I thought maybe I was gonna with Stall Terry or something like that, but they put me with the the, the veteran, the older statesman, and you know, just from there we had a great relationship. And um, I was with DC United at the time. Thomas Rogan was the coach, and he wanted me to 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 sign me with DC. But Frank, you know, 
told me that he was going to get this job at San Jose and he wanted me to come along with, I was going to, I was going to go where he was going and everything worked out, you know, uh, to perfection, I think. So, so which part of it what was hardest to write? Was it the professional side of things, you know, your, your, your soccer journey, the ups and the downs, or was it going right back to Scarborough where it all began? I mean, I've just started the book. It's fantastic. Uh, there's a story where you, you jumped out of a stolen car while it was moving, fleeing from the cops. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty, yeah. pretty honest, honest stuff. You know, what was yeah. the hardest part to write about? Um, the hardest part was probably, you know, my, my family, um, you know, my, my, my life's journey, um, you know, my parents splitting and, and dealing with that and, and just touching a lot of those experience experiences that I, that I had. And, you know, I, I've never, like I said, I've never opened up to, to anyone about those experiences that, that I had growing up, but, um, it was, it was my experience. And a lot of us kids in, in Scarborough and in these inner city communities in Metro housing, that's what we we're doing. And we're, we're living multiple lives, you know, we were fighting for our life in one aspect and then we're showing up to training like nothing happened, you know, and, and you'd be out to like, you know, four or five in the morning. You're sure you're driving all the way to Iverwin in Hamilton in the freezing cold or, or you know, all, all the way out there to, to train the next morning. It, it wasn't easy. You know, it wasn't it wasn't easy to, to sustain that kind of lifestyle. But thankfully, I had a father that was very committed and, and, and wanted to, to, to see me make it. Well, Brendan, let me ask you, I mean, this is your first book. How hard was it for you to dive deep into someone else's life and get them to talk about it? it must have been a challenge. Yeah, there were definitely were some challenges. I mean, it was unlike anything I've, I've ever done before. But, uh, you know, I always, there was always this allure with Dwayne as a player. He was, you know, more colorful, more outspoken than kind of everybody else. And he was always, you know, quite candid when the camera would come up. And I knew that there was even more to that. And uh, I lived in Scarborough for 10 years. So I had a kind of a curiosity as to what, you know, his, his Scarborough experience was truly like. I knew it was, you know, nothing like I experienced, but I, I truly didn't know to what extent, to what level, you know, I, I lived maybe three kilometers away from where he grew up and, uh, you know, light years away from, from the experiences that he had. So I really enjoyed kind of like learning about his story, but uh, also, you know, um, watching him grow through the process. Um, as you, you mentioned, you know, um, it was four years and, and uh, Dwayne's life kind of changed a lot in four years, as did mine. So I think that the, there's a lot of growth that comes out in that in the book as well. And, you know, as it uh, kind of culminates in the end and, and what's been, um, you know, a difficult year for everybody in 2020. Um, uh, I think it's it's just, you know, it shows um, the growth that, that Dwayne has gone through and the growth that, uh, you know, you need to continue to go through despite the heights that you might achieve in your professional career, which Dwayne did. Did you guys give each other tips on hair products? <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely need them now. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Look at it compared to Brendan's head. Yeah, but I need the beard lineup. I should go to your. I should go to your barber in Scarborough and get the beard lined up because it's it's been nasty for a while. My beard. Actually, yeah, this is- Zero gave me some ideas and it, and it, it, it all fell out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hey, so, so, so why why was now the right time to write the book you know you mean you're still a young dude you're 42 um yeah. obviously that the professional football career is behind you but why was was this the right time to to look back and and to publicize your life you know it was kind of uh, i think it was the right everything just came to to a point where you know brendan approached me with the idea of of you know have you ever told your story you know have you ever thought about writing a book um, obviously after you retire, you got, you got a lot of time on your hands and you're trying to figure out what next. I, I started my Academy. I had my foundation running, 
Um, I was doing ambassador work for TFC, but there's still a lot of empty time that I was just, you know, it's, it's hard to step away from something that you love and something that you, you've trained for every day, right? You, every, every day you prepare for that big match on, on Saturday. So, um, thankfully I was able to, to channel a lot of that, that energy into this book. And I just felt like it was, it was the right time. Um, at the same time, my, my dad was, was very ill. He was going through, um, you know, he had cancer and he passed away last year. So he was going through that. And I just felt like, you know, tomorrow's promise to no one. So, you know, I, I felt like my story, um, needed to be told and I wanted to share, um, you know, how much my father played a big role in my life too. Yeah. You've done a a great job of that. Um, was your dad able to read, um, excerpts of it, um, last year was at that point of completion? No, he, he passed um, actually, I was able to, at my foundation event, I was able to reward him um, for, for a community award. And then a, a week and a half after that, he passed. So uh, wow. that was in March. So March March 11th, and then COVID hit hard, I think it was March 13th or 15th, and everything shut down. And um, so, yeah. Wow. Wow. And I guess the last year gave you even more time to think about you know, your life. And I guess from Brendan's standpoint too, even more time to focus on maybe certain parts of, of your life and how to communicate that as well. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, there's some parts in the book where I still can't read right now because, um, you know, my dad was, you know, everything to me. He was my mentor. He was my coach. He was my big brother, he was my disciplinarian, um, you know, my best friend. So it was, it was, it was hard. It's still hard to, to, to go through, you know, some of those parts in the book, but, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful I was able to at least uh, award him with, with his work. You know, it's not only myself, he's dedicated so much time and energy into building so many other players. And, you know, when he passed so much people reached out to me and said, your dad coached me. He had so this impact in my life, refereeing, whatever the case was. And, um, it was really compelling, you know, uh, to me that, you know, people, people, he, my dad touched so much people in, in such a, a positive way. Overall, Dwayne, I mean, how has it been going for you? Um, I know how it, it, it was for me when, you know, when you do step away from the game that it is a little bit of the umbilical cord being cut and then you throw in the pandemic and then, you know, obviously with your father, how has it been for you overall? Are you, are you managing okay? And, you know, are you keeping yourself busy enough to look to the future with some sort of positivity? Yeah, for sure. You know what? And, and that's how I've approached my whole life and all my journey is, as, um, you know, mentioned, James mentioned me jumping out of a car and I, I've turned, I've been able to translate all of that and turn it into a positive, you know, feel my energy, feel my passion, um, to do better and, and, and to, to represent, you know, my community and, and myself, you know, so, uh, it's been difficult, you know, it definitely has been difficult, but, um, thankfully, you know, I have my four kids have kept me busy. I have a son right now that's that's playing in Spain. Uh, mother's son is is a goalkeeper at TFC. My daughter is you know 23. She's she's living her life, and my my nine year old drive me up the wall, keep me busy. So, you know, they've they've helped me manage that and shift my focus towards them a lot. Hey, Dira, when when you when your son says to you, Dad, I want to be a goalkeeper. Like, how do you react? Do, do you think about disowning him? <laughs> You know what? You know what? I tried my best to to to, to talk him out of it, um, and I even lined up a couple balls and drilled shots at him. 
hoping that he would he would move out the way. But I seen him diving for the shots, and I'm like, okay, you definitely want to be a goalie because you know if you're if you're if you're doing one of these and you're being scared, then I know, buddy, get out the net. You have no chance. But he was actually diving. Mind you, the balls were flying by him, but he was still trying to you know save the balls. And I was like, oh man, I think there's something there. I went to the store, got him gloves, and now he's you know he's loving it. Well, I tell you what the difference is. And when my dad was taking shots on me, it was like, it was like, come on, dad. I used to have to roll it on him with pace so he could, you know, hit it. With him, right? Terrible. Right. Oh. Well, 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 if he, if he has any, um, uh, you know, any chance to be as half or somewhat as good as you were, uh, you know, I would be a, uh, I would be a pro father, you know, but the fact that he he's, he's found his own passion in, in nets, and, you know, my other son's a, a forward, a striker. He likes scoring goals. Um, you know, it really shows me that, you know, he wants to create his own lane. He wants to create his own destiny, you know, his own path. And I, and I support him. Plus, I, I'm loving it now because I always have someone to shoot on. As you know, it's always hard to find goalies. Nobody wants to go on net. <laughs> now I could always, now I always have a goalie to shoot on. <laughs> Do you remember your your first Canada camp when you walked in there and, and you saw Craig there? You know, at that point was one of the established stars, one of the established mm-hmm. veterans. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, for sure. I, I remember that like it was it was yesterday. As I say, it was Varsity Stadium, and you know, seeing you know, seeing Craig, seeing uh, man, see, seeing Alex, seeing Paul Pesciolito, um, you know, Jeff Anger, you know, these guys, you know, Frank Yallop. I mean these are the guys we looked up to, right? These are the guys you want to be because not only that, these guys are playing in Europe at the time, right? So these guys are paving the way for, for kids like me, you know? And, you know, I, I remember watching soccer Saturday and watching, you know, Craig and Ned and be like, yo, that's amazing. Like he, he did it. We could definitely do it. So they, they definitely inspired our generation for sure. I think you know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to jump into a project like this too, because obviously all of us that work in soccer feel this, you know, protectionism and this passion for the sport that I think is, is quite unique to covering the sport in this country and just, you know, it doesn't get enough shine. And uh, Dwayne was, was the biggest star and played at a time where, you know, we didn't really have the access to kind of see him. Um, I said it uh, maybe last week that really, you know, sports world highlights a uh, charm that you would run on the score was oftentimes the only way to see it. And the MLS cup final that we might be able to watch on, on ABC, uh, ABC, Buffalo. Um, so I think, you know, the, that, that kind of made Dwayne's um, st- star power even kind of more, uh, more alluring, but there was so much more to the story. So I always, I always felt uh, as though, you know, as, as Dwayne finished his career in Toronto, um, that there, there's even more to that to, uh, to shine a bigger spotlight on. So really privileged that, uh, that Dwayne jumped into this project with me. And uh, now we're at this point where the book is pretty surreal still. Hey, when, when Dero said to you, B, yeah, sure, I'll do it. What was your, your initial reaction? <laughs> My initial reaction was, uh, yeah, oh, oh my God, do I know what I just signed myself up for? <laughs> um, but no, I was I was hugely excited because uh, because I knew that it would be a great story, and um, you know I knew it would be challenging, and that was also you know one of the things I was excited about to kind of you know push myself, and as I said, having an understanding of Scarborough, but knowing that we had two very different experiences, um, you know, I really wanted to to make um, to make. Dwayne's voice, uh, you know, truly, you know, powerful throughout that whole book and, and, you know, be able to talk about some things that maybe Dwayne uh, hadn't thought about or thought about a different way. Some, some of the match day experiences, uh, you know, uh, his impact, his legacy. I think those are, are things that, you know, Dwayne's a humble guy. He may not have, have really uh, thought of and, and articulated himself, but in, in conversation and through the book, we can, we've worked that through and yeah, it's, it's really cool. 
Did you have to use spell check at all? <laughs> Thank, thankfully, uh, when, you know, when I, when I really struggled with some things, I, uh, I had my wife looking over my shoulder as, as listeners of the show knows that she has a, a massive impact on everything. So yeah, she, she was the, the instant spell check. I'm like, is this the British spelling or the American spelling? There was quite a few of those. <laughs> she has a great voice too, by the way. Cause she, oh, yeah. she, she, she was narrating the book, um, because, you know, Brenda's send me like 12 pages or 15 pages go through this. I'm like, Brenda, I can't, like, I don't have time. Honestly, I don't have time to read all this shit. And his, <laughs> wife, his wife would read the book to me. I'm like calming and relaxed. I was like, yeah, I like this. I could do this. I could do this. She well, could I, sing it, sing the audio book. Think about that. I would just wish she could sing it. I wish we could have a launch party that she could sing at. I would, I would love that. I would love if she could sing at a launch party. But yeah, I realized Dwayne spent so much time in the car, you know, driving his son to TFC training, and he was he was driving all over the city. And I thought, well, I would not have. I'm time. in the car now. Exactly. <laughs> I would not have time to, to read if uh, if I spent as much time in the car. So let, how can we get you to listen to this? So that's how we came up with the audio idea. So. Hey, hey, Dwayne, when you, you know, you have your academy now, your foundation, um, and, and, and I'm sure when you reread the early parts of the book and you look back on young Dero coming through the streets of Scarborough, and obviously you, you're fortunate having your dad and your aunt, it's a big part of your life, but at the same time, it was tough for you. Um, how many Dero's are out there right now, do you think, you know, on, on the streets who have that talent, but perhaps haven't got that, that family support to, to really push them through? Yeah, a lot. A lot of kids. I mean, you look at a time at, at grassroots football where Scarborough was a hotbed of talent. I mean, you're talking about so many clubs, the Malverns, the the, the Wexfords, the Maple Leafs, the, the North Scarboroughs, Aging Courts. Uh, man, the list goes on, blizzards. And now there's only like one or two clubs. So there's a lot of kids in those environments that still don't have access. And then we're looking at a time where also the price to pay or, or to make it is, is, is comes at a premium. So um, it's very difficult to, to manage that, especially uh, um, running an academy and being mindful of that um, and, and trying to, to balance that out with, 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 with the fees and, and, and all these things that are in place. So um, there's a lots of deros out there. There, there's lots of, you know, Craig forces out there and we just got to do a better job of, of, of tap, tapping into them and, and, you know, giving them opportunities. How do we possibly do that, Dwayne? When you, you know, I look at the situation as it is and I, I, I often, you know, talk or say, well, you know, one like hockey and how expensive it is. I mean, it's just ridiculous and most out of touch for most Canadian families. Soccer's getting that way too. You know, these, you know, to, to, mm -hmm. to get these next steps or to get the, the training and the, the level of coaching that you see at Sigma, for instance, or your academy, like you say, you try to balance that, you know, bringing kids in that don't have the resources to be able to pay as well as you having to pay your expenses. How do you do that? Well, my, my academy is, is, is one of the cheapest or the cheapest out there, right? And, and it's tough because, as you mentioned, hockey is, is, is at a premium, but the competition level is through the roof, right? I mean, you can justify because they do so much to get these kids ready, whereas soccer, you know, we don't have competition until 13, so it's hard to sell it. And a lot of these kids lose interest because of that. They, they you know... Yes, there there should be a, a, an environment where kids that want to compete and want to get to the next level, there should be an environment where there is competition. 
And there's also, it should be an environment where the kids that with a fun, fair, positive, they just want to go around there and, you know, parents want to put them in there for the exercise. There should, there should be an avenue for that. But I think everybody's uh, in one, this one kind of, you know, we pulled everybody into this one environment where it's all, it's, it's not competitive. So it's, it, it, it becomes very, very difficult to, to navigate through. And um, you just try to do the best with, with, with what you have in terms of resources, um, facilities, and, 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 you know, paying for, for facilities, paying for league fees and, and all these other things, coaches fees. But thankfully I've, I've, you know, we, I could be very honest. We make zero money <laughs> every, every, every year because it all goes back into the Academy. And, uh, I know my staff is, you know, pulls their hair and say, Oh man, what do we do? What are we going to do with that? But somehow we managed to continue plugging in, plugging through. Awesome. I think one of the one of the results of the impact that Dwayne's career had, uh, you know, from this amateur perspective, is looking at the I think the popularization and the privatization of amateur sports is also related to you know Dwayne's success and making it popular at the time. You know, when Steve Nash was at the top of the basketball world, um, and and Dwayne was at the top of the soccer world in North America, you really saw that the popularity catch on, and you know. 10, 15 years down the road, you're seeing that trickle down into the youth level and, you know, privatizing it is a, is a negative side of it, but that's, it's also the reason it's, it's so competitive because there is so much more interest now. Yeah, you're right. You know, I hope that what we're seeing now with this, you know, wealth of talent in the national team it is, you know, a sign of things to come, not just a bump, you know, so to speak, but uh, with enough academies and the right people involved like Dwayne, I think we should be okay. Uh, Dwayne, listen, mate, we're out of time. Um, when, when you get back, when this whole, pandemic nonsense ends we will and we must have a little book party it might be in wonga's garage possibly but we'll have it regardless and we'll revisit this again but congratulations mate um it's a, it's a really great read and we'll get brendan surely to tell everyone where they can buy it but uh well done mate uh your story's a fascinating story um you beat the odds essentially and uh it's it's a page turner for sure I appreciate it. And I hope the, the readers enjoy the book. And I want listeners to understand that, you know, I appreciate everyone giving me, you know, the respect and, and, and the credit, but let's not forget. There's also a legend in Craig Forrest on this call that has done so much for our country as well. And this is not just me just saying that it's just, you know, I think we have to recognize, you know, all these guys before us that, that paved the way. And as Canadians, we got to do a better job of recognize, recognize these guys. And as they say, give them the roses while they're around, man, because like I said, these guys inspired me. Hopefully I inspired the next generation and hopefully kids like Alfonso Davies will expire. Um, you know, will, will, will inspire another generation to come, but you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at if it's for, if it wasn't for guys like him and, you know, just how my stories. Um, people find interesting they should definitely know about their stories as well because their 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 stories are very much interesting as just as mine well we're getting a statue of craig carved for outside wonga's garage um, nope. I'm, I'm, not sure what it, I'm not sure what it's made out of but it's going to be calm. it'll just keep uh, melting down curves uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey b quickly um before the window closes <laughs> where, where, where can we get the, the book yeah, Dero My Life. It's available at all major retailers. You can find it at all the big boys, and it's uh, available at most independent Canadian bookstores as well if you want to support local. Um, but we got a special at Indigo right now. You get 500 rewards points if you buy an Indigo. So Dero My Life, uh, the shipments will start as of, as of tomorrow, and uh, I can't wait for people to read it. All right. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dwayne. Thanks, B. Um, this has been Footy Prime, the podcast. We're back later this week as per usual, but uh, until then... Cheers for listening.